Ahoy hoy, everybody. Welcome to episode 99, part two of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Pat. Today I'm joined by Chance. What's up? You sounded like a surfer. <laughs> Rick. Rick. And Zach. What's up? I was hoping everybody would just double down on the surfer thing. I was going to. I wanted to be like, saw, dude, Chabra. Rick, <laughs> man. <Radical>. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We're a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. Occasionally, we talk about movies, TV shows. Favorite dads. Homer Simpson. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Bob Belcher. Ooh. I'm going to go with uh, Dr. Venture. No, he was a terrible fucking dad. <laughs> um, how about? Oh God, why do why is all my media filled with terrible dads? What about uh, Fry, Futurama? Fry never father. fathered any children. Uh, Fry's dad was shit. <laughs> the one qualification you need. <laughs> I thought he did. No, 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 no. He did. He fathered his own gra- his own father, didn't he? He fucked his grandma. He's his own grandfather. I guess, but he never raised He's him. a damn good father. He's his own grandfather. Rick, can't, Rick could not think of a single good father from television. Just saying uh, Brock Sampson. That's it. All right. Uh, this week, we'll be discussing E3 Part 2. There's just too much news for one part, so we had to break it down into two. But first, what have we been playing? Zach? Uh, so I have been playing a little bit more of Mass Effect. It's a little bit more, like less than a minute, because I like literally did not see you play any Mass Effect. Like barely any. Like I'm <laughs> talking like I walked, I did a conversation, I was like, I can't deal with this right now. It's like one in the morning, and I cannot be bothered <laughs> to listen to this conversation. So I turned it off and I went to bed. Um, played some F1, uh as the French Grand Prix this weekend. So me and a couple friends who watch F1 have been doing like time trials on that. Um, I'm convinced I, I want to get a wheel, like one of those wheel setups. I want that, but there's no room in my bedroom to do that right now. So yeah, that was it. Chance, what about you? Chance beat a game. Finally. I beat a lot of games. But, I mean, not nearly <laughs> as you guys, but like, um, no, I'm just I've kidding. But games, Pat like... gives you a hard time about it. So I just wanted to get my little, um, well, I 100% Ratchet and Clank, uh, found all the gold bolts, uh, found all the rare tanium you had to use to upgrade your weapons. Um, and then what else did I find? All the spy bots and everything, all the, all the shit. I found all of it. Um, and I beat the game and yeah, I don't know. I, I started like a new game plus. Uh, I think I started that, but, um, I haven't like touched it. I just beat the game so far. So, um, I liked, uh, rivet and kit which are some of the new characters the levels look amazing level design i i mean it is like ratchet and clank has always kind of been like kind of like an easy um game i guess you know what i mean like a 10 year old could beat it yeah like and um i mean it's fun it's a fun easy game to beat uh if you want to sit down and beat a game pretty quick a high quality game ratchet and clank is the game you're looking for yeah uh so i'm gonna kind of jump in here because i also beat ratchet and clank and uh, again, I, I was all ready to rip this game apart because I thought it was going to be terrible, but it was actually pretty decent. I'm not saying it was amazing. It was good. I, l- I enjoyed my time with it. You know, it took like, what, 
12 to 16 hours to beat it or something like that. And I did do some of the side stuff because they have like these uh, challenge things you can do. So, you know, you could probably run through it if you play on the easiest difficulty in like 10 hours just to get the story. Uh, but I talked about this last week. Uh, I do not like Ratchet, but I like everybody else. I think Clank's good. I love Rivet. I love what they did with Kit. Their relationship was really interesting, and I, I want to see more of that. The next, you know, Insomniac, if you're working on a new Ratchet and Clank game, drop it. No, never do that again. Make a Rivet and Kit game. That's what you need to do after this. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, like Chance said, it's it's really gorgeous. Like, honestly, I was playing on Performance RT, and there was cutscenes where I'm like, this is giving this technology to Pixar. like Because <laughs> yeah. Pixar movies aren't even this good. I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen the most recent Pixar movie, but like the fur detail and the fact that it's running in real time on the PlayStation is really enjoyable. Some of the weapons are pretty like interesting, and uh, I did like experimenting with them. There were a couple that I'm like, I'll probably never use this, and then just to like level it up, I was using it. And I'm like, okay, I see, I see why this is. A, yeah, like the weapon really changes weapon. as you level it up. So like at first, yeah. maybe it's not the best, but when you level it up, it gets better to use. Like, oh shit, I actually kind of like this weapon now. The boss encounters aren't really too creative or anything. It is a it is a pretty linear game as well. There are some things you can explore, but overall, an enjoyable time. I'd probably give it like a seven point eight out of ten. Just give it the eight. You know you'll want to. I don't think it's eight is great. I don't think it's eight is great. And was it a great game? Sure, it's good. If it had a little bit less ratchet and a, a little the game bit more is called ratchet. ratchet and Clank. And that's one of the things that doesn't for work the for the love of God. <laughs> Please. I and understand then, uh, you may not like the character, but Jesus. And then I'm just going to jump into the rest of the games I've been playing here. I did dive back into Halo 5 after seeing the Halo Infinite multiplayer reveal. That is as fun as ever, uh, except the couple of games we played the other day where they put us against a champion, which those of you don't know, if you are the highest 200 people in a playlist, you get the title of champion. And we got paired up with a guy who was seventh in Slayer. And it was not fun because he was just killing us left and right <laughs> by himself. So watch out for that. But other than that, it is pretty fun. And then uh, I did play a little bit of Undertale. Uh, this is a game that's kind of, you know, pretty popular, uh, kind of like a cult classic game. It's on Game Pass for PC. And I started it. And it's like this. Uh, uh, the story is basically humans and monsters were at a war a really long time ago. Humans won, and they banished the monsters to the underground. You're a little kid who happens to fall into a hole one day, and you get, you know, in you enter the underground, which is this like city that the monsters live in. And this lady uh, who who they call mom or whatever uh, is taking care of you, but she kind of has to leave you to go do something else. So then you're exploring on your own and it's kind of like Pokemon where you're like walking around, there's random encounters and then you get to pick like, you know, fight, run, uh, use an item. Uh, apparently the, the entire game can be played without any combat. So like this, this frog popped up as like a monster who's like attacking me. And instead of fighting, I can go to, like talk and then I can compliment him and then it'll be like, he doesn't understand you, but he is flattered. And then if you do that enough, they'll eventually like, they'll be reluctant to fight you. And at that point you can go to the menu and like hit spare. And then there's not going to be a fight anymore. You don't get a ton of XP if you don't kill them, but it's a non-violent way to beat the game. And apparently the story changes depending on how violent or non-violent you are. So 
Honestly, I'm that's pretty... a lot like the original Persona. Like, a lot of encounters, you can actually chat with them. And sometimes really? you can, like, insult them, and, like, they get, like, angry, but they like to be angry. So then, like, at the end, they give you their, like, card. Yeah. And then you can use it to combine, like, make your own Persona. So, OG Persona, like, I'm happy that, like, games still do that, because it's kind of a fun way to talk yourself out of a battle. Yeah, definitely. So, it's it's definitely interesting. I want to keep playing it. Apparently, it's not too long either, and it is on Game Pass, so... Um, I will keep playing it and hopefully talk to talk to you guys a little bit more about it. Uh, and that is pretty much it for me. So, Rick, what about you? What have you been playing? Well, since the announcements last week um, with the Bethesda Xbox conference, uh, they put out uh, Fallout and Fallout 2 on uh, Game Pass PC. And Death so of the I- Outsider. Everyone go play that. Um, so I've been playing the original Fallout a little bit. At some point, I was like, oh, yeah, they also put Fallout 3 on there. So I was downloading that on my computer. And I noticed it took up a lot of space. And I was wondering where I had a lot of space. And, you know, better, like I say, better graphics. But, you know, my laptop gets loud sometimes. So I just put it on my uh, Xbox Series X. And I've been playing Fallout 3 basically all week. Nice. Also, through Pat's suggestion, uh, last week's What Have You Been Playing? I downloaded Backbone. And I played, like, the first chapter of that. And... It's pretty dark. <laughs> it's real dark. And I'm <laughs> kind of all about it. It's just I'm kind of getting more used to the PC controls. Um, you can put in a, you can connect your Bluetooth controller. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how I did it. Well, shit. I'm going to do that then because it's like, it's like, oh, control and like shift is like our control and your like directional button it can run, but one control button works, the other one doesn't. So. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just I'm still trying to get used to PC gaming, but it's really dark and I'm kind of all about it. So it's a really fun mm-hmm. game. Say chance is gone, right? No, he's still yeah, there. I'm already yeah. on. He's obviously still here. I think he's building a chair. <laughs> yeah. I'm... That is true. <laughs> he is building a gaming chair in the Discord call. <laughs> I just wanted to call attention to that. What what happened? <laughs> you, what's is your current chair like busted or something? You just got a new chair. He just wants a more comfortable chair, man. Get off his yeah. chair. No, I'm just asking. He's not the one on trial here. Can I, I, I can have There's this no chair, Zach? Do you what want you it? What are you sitting on, huh? I'm sitting on an office chair. That's what I, I need I to get a gaming chair. What do you mean? <laughs> I need to get, like, an actual gaming chair. I really do. This hurts my back. To get back on track here, uh, we're going to be talking about E3 Part 2. Basically, we, we talked about Microsoft and Bethesda uh, last week. We talked about... Ubisoft, we talked about Square and uh, Devolver. Devolver, and then Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest. So there was a lot we talked about last week. This week, there's not a lot. There were other conferences. There was Capcom. There was Cock Media, Coach Media. They, they said it oh. like 17 different ways in their own conference. There, there was them. There was a Gearbox's conference. Um, but yeah, like those conferences should not even even happened. Like barely anything was announced it was just super long it was terribly done and literally some of those things could have been a blog post so we're just going to kind of forget about them all right we're just going to focus on nintendo which was the big thing that happened this week and we're just going to kind of go through the conference and then give our thoughts like we did last week so uh we're not going to go chronologically because they don't at Eurogamer, and that's the article I'm looking at. Um, the first big thing was Metroid Dread. So this is Metroid 5 is how they, they showed it in the, the actual reveal trailer. Uh, but it is 
a sequel to Metroid Fusion. It is the fifth one uh, in the 2D Metroid series, and it is the first 2D original Metroid game in 19 years. So uh, apparently this was announced and there was a poster for it at E3 2005. Or there was a, a big ad for it that people like had posted online before E3 was happening, like when they're putting up the ads. And then the next day, the poster was taken down. Nintendo never announced it. So people were like, what the fuck happened to this game? Well, 15 years later, here it is. <laughs> so Metroid Dread. Uh, I think Nintendo kind of maybe had this in their back pocket or something that they were working on. They knew Metroid Prime wasn't going to be ready this year. What is ready this year? A 2D Metroid game. And it looks pretty sick. What What are your thoughts on this? It was sick. It looks amazing. This new enemy slash like maybe like friend kind of thing. I'm not sure what the hell is going on with that. The thing that's chasing you? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's an enemy. Yep. Definitely yeah, don't so look friendly. <laughs> uh, Samus this time has a, I forget what the name is, but she can cloak herself. So it's kind of like a stealth section you're going through. I'm sure at some point you're going to have to end up fighting one of these things. But basically, you can go into an area, and if if this thing is hunting you, I think it's called an ami or something like that. Uh, if it's hunting you, uh, you'll start hearing the beeps that it's it's like active. But you can see like its cone of vision following you around and stuff. If you're like within the the vicinity, if it's yellow, then you're good. Yellow is just like it's it's on guard. It's trying to find you. If it starts, if it sees you and it starts going red, it'll start chasing you, and you have to like get out of its field of vision before you can cloak otherwise if it gets to you it's a one-hit kill and you have to start at the beginning of the section so it's it's a nice little uh it's, it's dread it's giving you the feeling of dread <laughs> it's the name of the game and i'm i'm digging everything i saw they they showed a, a little mini boss fight in the treehouse um and yeah it's just 2d metroid like old school and i am i can't wait i've already pre-ordered it yeah and you called it you called this happening I did. I, I looked at the uh, our predictions for the beginning of the year. I'm like, I don't think Metroid Prime's going to happen, but I think a 2D might. And, and the first like 2D Metroid in so many years, yep, finally comes out. Yep. October 8th is uh, Metroid Dread's launch date. And then moving on, uh, WarioWare Get It Together. Uh, this was announced. Uh, it's coming to Switch. It's going to have, because the original WarioWare was only single player, I believe, right? The one for the 3DS or the 2DS or the Advanced. But either way, um, those, I think those were single player. And then this is actually for the first time going to be two people on the same screen with a Joy-Con each. Comes out September 9th. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on WarioWare? Get it together. Um, I used to play the one for the Switch. Like, my roommate in uh, college had it. And that was a shit ton of fun. Because it's, like, very small, small, like, mini-mini yeah, like mini games. Five to twenty second long, like, little mini-games. Yeah, if that, and then like it's just all in rapid succession. You just do the weirdest stuff, and it has the craziest like atmosphere. And I'm all about it. Yeah, the 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 trailer with a uh, Wario talking in full sentences was like the first time we've heard that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it looked it looked pretty interesting. Uh, I'm probably not going to get this at launch. I think I'll, I'll wait a little bit for this. But yeah, a new WarioWare game. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are happy about that. It's gonna be fun at a party. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Next up, Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp, uh, which is a remastered mashup of the first the campaigns from the first two Advance War games. And this comes out December 3rd. And it's got, like, uh, updated graphics. And, yeah, um, Advance Wars 
a very cult classic, beloved franchise. Obviously, it got its name from Game Boy Advance, and it's like that turn-based strategy type thing. Yeah, what are you, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Have you has anyone played the original Advance Wars? I did a long time ago. I can't say I can't remember much of my time playing it. I was much younger, but I do remember like playing it a very long time ago. Yeah, I was in high school. Those memories are still fresh. <laughs> yeah, my brother got really into it, and he loved it. like, and also like one of my best friends. I never really got really got into it, but I know a lot of people really love them. And as far as like RTS games, they're really nice and like strategy games. Yeah, and it, it's it was one of the things where I don't think it sold too well, but since it came out, it has developed like a, a pretty niche following and people are always talking about how good it is and they need to bring it back and stuff so i think that this is nintendo being like okay it's going to be easy to remaster it if there is you know hype for it maybe we can do a sequel depending on how well this sells so i'll definitely check it out it looked interesting i had never played the original advance wars but i've been getting more into like the turn-based strategy games and stuff so i'll definitely check it out on december 3rd and then after that, we had super, no, not even Super Mario, just Mario Party Superstars. Uh, this is a remake slash reimagining of uh, Mario Party where they've taken the best boards from Mario Parties 1 through 3 and then the best mini games from Mario Parties 1 through 10, up them, made them better in the engine for Mario Party. What was the most recent one? Just Super Mario Party? It was Super Mario Party on yeah. the Switch. Yeah, so they, they've just taken that engine and they've added these games and then they said there's going to be 100 mini games. It'll have online multiplayer at launch and it is coming out on October 29th. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Being a, a $60 game by itself versus do you think this should have just been DLC for Super Mario Party? I think it would have been tough to make a DLC because there's going to be so much added to it. Because like like the like the current Super Mario Party only has four boards in it, and I can't remember off the top of my head the exact number of mini games. But this will be this will have more boards than the current game, and I think it does have more mini games at the hundred mini game mark. Um, Didn't they just add like seventy mini games in the most recent update for Super Mario Party? They may have. I haven't played it in a while. Um, but even still, like I don't know. I mean, if they're doing like all the most popular, so like all the mini games will be. Right, the most like anticipated mini games, and they won't just be like one of the some of the stupid ones that like make people pissed off and frustrated. Yeah, yeah. it's just tough because like they're they're stuff we've technically already had. Was one through seven were on N sixty four? Uh, there's a lot on N sixty four. One through in, four, one through five. four, one through four. I know, I know. There was like Mar- Mario Party's. Like four through seven for sure. I had like I have on the I have Mario Party four and five on the GameCube here. Okay. Um, I know Mario Party seven or eight was on the Wii. I mean, I I just remember like I think Mario Party was at its peak in the N sixty four era, and that's like that's when I played it the most, at least. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, like Super Mario Party, I bought and I felt like it just never recaptured the magic of that. Yeah classic playing it on the n64 mm-hmm. um maybe this maybe this will i'm not sure but i feel like it would have just been if this was any other company besides nintendo they like get nintendo a lot of themselves yeah nintendo themselves yeah. have not really 
they've kind of dipped into the the DLC bandwagon now like with smash getting like the dlc passes and everything but they really haven't gone full force into season passes or you know supporting a game post-launch for a really long time like some of the other studios have so it would have been nice to you know just make this like a 40 dlc 45 dollars season pass that you it includes all these games especially if it's that same engine and i think that would bring more people to super mario party and then you have a a more connected player base instead of getting a brand new game and like, Hey, let's play Mario party. Oh, I only have super Mario party. I only have Mario party superstars. Like it's just going to, I think they're willing to, I think they're willing to abandon super Mario party because the game itself from like a Mario party perspective has been super underwhelming. The boards are not very compelling. They're not particularly fun to play. That's why you add more boards Um, to it. (laughs) No, no, no. I totally get what you're saying. And I agree with you. It'd be great if they, especially since they're using the exact same engine, it'd be a pretty simple addition, but I think they're just kind of like willing to abandon it and start anew uh, with, yeah. with those games. Cause like this Mario party by far is my least favorite. Like it has the most like intuitive controls, like with the joy cons and stuff like that, but it's definitely not the most fun Mario party game to play. Is anybody super excited for this? Anyone going to get this at launch? I'm going to wait for Zach. I'm going to wait for Zach to get it and then play it at his house. And yeah. then, then, <laughs> I will definitely get it. I will definitely get it because I love having the Mario Party games because I think for couch co-op and like having a group of friends play it together, it's fun. Yeah, I actually did pre-order it because Target was having a deal where it's like buy two, get one free. So I ended up getting Advance Wars, Metroid Dread, and then the third one. I'm like, ah, I guess Mario Party. So, but I, I'm not excited for that. I just want to put that out there. And I think Nintendo definitely should have made this DLC. But yeah, so that's October 29th. Moving along, we have the Switch exclusive Shin Megami Tensei 5, which got a new trailer and an official release date of November 12th. Uh, JRPG was like, I'm just a normal student until I get transported into this world full of demons and another Tokyo. And it's it's basically like kind of like third person action gameplay. But then if you run into an enemy, then it goes into the turn based style and it's classic JRPG stuff. Uh, I have not played any of the the Shin Megami Tensei ga- Tensei games. Uh, have any of you guys? Yep, I played the third one. Uh, I believe it's the third one, Nocturne, uh, for the PlayStation Two. Hard as shit. It was a really rough game, but the lore was fun. It it was basically JRPG to the bone. Um, but yeah, like total destruction of Tokyo and shit like that. It was it was pretty intense. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but it was really hard. I think I got about halfway through. Yeah, if you're a fan of the series, I'm sure you're excited about this. Uh, and then we got the announcement that Life is Strange, uh, both True Colors and the collection, with which includes uh, Before the Storm and uh, Life is Strange Remastered, are coming to Switch. True Colors is coming September 10th, which is the original. That's the date it's coming to everything. But I don't think they announced a date for uh, the collection yet. Um, they they kind of announced this with a... Uh, anime style trailer that included uh all the characters from the life is strange games like coming together on the train or whatever but they did not like obviously they're not talking anything about life is strange too so sean and daniel are just thrown off the train (laughs) before this trailer started we're not going to talk about that i'm probably going to play this on either pc or xbox because i want that 60 fps but you know if you want to play it if you only have a switch you have the option to play it. Next up, uh, Danganronpa S Ultimate Summer Camp is going to launch in 2021. They didn't give us a date. Uh, also, 
Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition, uh, Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair Anniversary Edition, and Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony Anniversary Edition. That's a lot of Danganronpa. And that's literally from Eurogamer. That's not me saying it. Um, but yeah, all those games are coming to Switch, and they're coming sometime in 2021. I'm not familiar with the series, and that's all I'm going to say. Seemed kind of fun and totally Japanesey. Yeah. And really strange, but yeah, seemed fun. And then they, they showed a little bit of trailer for uh, Mario Golf Super Rush and uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which is now officially coming to Switch because it was available on other platforms. Um, both of those are actually coming on June 25th. Uh, I think, Zach, you're excited for Mario Golf, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm actually getting excited about it too actually i'm debating i don't know if i'll get out launch but well it's cool because it has like the other like different kind of like game modes and stuff like you have like it kind of showed mode. like you're in an open world almost like yeah, walking around it's sick yeah like maybe they have like a campaign or something where you're well, the campaign yeah for the golf games you'd have those yeah there's something you can do with like your me your me character and you can you import can them start yeah and you start as like a rookie and you're trying to like get on the pro circuit and stuff like that so it's like that very classic like mario sports campaign where i'm sure you're going to run into like a companion at like an academy or something and be like oh hey let's go become pros together or something so but yeah so they have that they have the rush mode uh they there was like a battle golf mode that they showed which was like super interesting so i guess you're like hitting each other with golf balls or something i'm not really sure so the, the other modes and stuff like it's cool. It's not just like a standard golf game. Like there are other things that you can do with it, which is, which looks very cool. And then there was a trailer for project zero maiden of Blackwater, which is a Wii U game being ported to switch. No, it's fatal frame. Why didn't they add fatal frame in here? I don't know why, but it's fatal frame, dude. Okay. Fatal frame maiden of Blackwater uh, yeah. coming to switch. Uh, it was originally released on the Wii U and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know much about fatal frame. Never played it one of like the all-time like like greatest like horror series originally started in the original playstation and yeah you're just like small japanese school girls walking around haunted places and taking photos and you can tell whether or not a ghost is in front of you by the photos or like use the photos to kind of capture the ghost but i'm sure it's something that zach would probably pee his pants over and then we saw a trailer for mario plus Ravid spark of hope which was uh originally revealed at the ubisoft press conference I'm very excited for this game, like we talked about previously. Um, that comes out 2022, and I don't think there's an official date on it yet. After that, they went into Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. It was previously leaked, but now we officially have the release, and it is launching on October 5th. Uh, it seems like 2021 is going to be the year of like party games for the Switch, because we got Super Mario Party, you got WarioWare, and then now you got uh, Super Monkey Ball. So, got a lot of stuff to play with friends after all that they went into the the zelda portion so we got a little trailer for skyward sword that's still happening uh july 16th <laughs> i forgot about that yeah this was back announced back in what january of this year and we're all like okay but what are you doing for the actual anniversary because this isn't it and yeah it's 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 probably the the least liked zelda of, of the core franchise so they're trying to sell it for $60 on the Switch. They got some Amiibos and stuff going around with it, and they showed a little bit more gameplay, but 
I'm probably going to skip this one. What about you guys? Yeah, I'll probably pass. I mean, I was never like super into Zelda. You know, I will probably won't get the game either. I actually might, especially I'm able to find it for under $60 because I've never played Skyward Sword. So. Yeah, if, if this was 30 or if this was part of a collection like they did with mm-hmm. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, then I would totally be on board and to play it and experience it because I've never played Skyward Sword. Um, that was Wii U or was that... That was uh the that was Wii, Wii Wii U. You can have it on both. Okay, it was one of the like cross. I own a copy for the Wii because I was able to find it for like ten bucks. So yeah, I never played it, and kind of like a Link's Awakening remake or remaster or whatever. It's like yeah, that's cool and all, but it's not worth sixty bucks. Like that's a that was a Game Boy game. That's not mm-hmm. big. Yeah, they, they kind of just reminded us that's still coming in July sixteenth, and then they moved on to uh an expansion pass for Hyrule Warriors. Which, okay, all right. Let's just breeze past. Move that. on. Because they've <laughs> already talked about that before. Yeah. Did they? Okay. Back in yeah. February. Yeah. And then they announced the game and watch, handheld thing. Yeah, and now it's got a uh, a timer feature <laughs> where you're just fighting enemies from Zelda Two or whatever, and it's the timer's counting down. If if you want a timer where you have to have full attention dedicated to the timer, I guess. Right. I'm sure that they're probably only going to make a certain amount of these, and I'm sure they'll still sell very well for like collectors and stuff like that. But I personally don't have any interest in that. That doesn't come out until November 12th. And still be like a cool stocking stuffer. It was like 20 bucks, but I highly doubt that it'll be $20. No, it'll be like $60 or something. It's available to pre order. Let me go to the site and I'll tell you how much it is $49.99. And then you have the Game Boy version of Link's Awakening in there. And then there's a Game & Watch, what what was it, Vermin or something, where Link is actually the playable character. So they're going to market it like, oh, it's four games in one. <laughs> For $50. So. For $50, and, what a And steal. it's a watch. <laughs> and it's a watch. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, people will get this because it's like a, it could potentially be like a collector's thing because they're, they're, they're going to limit edition this probably. Yeah, so. definitely. And then they finally went into the thing we were all waiting for, which is... Mm-hmm. A new trailer for Breath of the Wild 2. They still did not give us a name for the the title. And then they did confirm it is 2022, which is a sad, sad thing. And I will never forgive Nintendo for that. Pat was uh, devastated. <laughs> the, the, the devastation. They didn't even confirm 2022. They said we no, are they just, for no, 2022. No, they put the, well, they put, the, they put 2022 at the end of the trailer. They did. But when like, when he was talking, he's like, "We're aiming for 20." Yeah, we're aiming. Yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't confirm. But it was funny because like we were talking about it in the Slack, and people were like, "I think Pat was like, I was like, I'm at work, so I'm not able to watch it." Pat was like, "Cool, I'll just use the spoiler feature." And not even two minutes later, <laughs> Chance comes in, and he's like, "Yes, 2022." <laughs> and then Pat was like, "Fuck!" So just like the whole the whole concept of that being spoiled. Or not being spoiled just went completely out the door. Well, the second, at that point, it's funny it how already. you guys already knew what I was talking about. Oh, I knew immediately. Like you yeah, were obviously. so pumped. I was like, and Pat was so pissed. I was like, oh, I already know that this means I'm in a, I didn't even mind that I got spoils for me. I was happy that Breath of the Wild was not coming out this year, just for the sake of fantasy, obviously. But let's let's talk about the actual content that they did show. So uh they kind of showed that same like beginning thing where they Zelda and Link are both uh in front of this like weird entity monster thing. And then there is a scene where we see 
Link or who we suspect is Link dropping like like a battle royale basically into Hyrule and he's got his hair free flowing. Uh, and then he's they all did tatted show, up. Yeah, they did show some gameplay. They showed some new bosses, uh, and then they showed new mechanics which look like time manipulation. Uh, with you, you no longer have a Sheikah slate, you have this weird arm that can control basically the same powers that the Sheikah did, but a little bit extra. So instead of like normally we saw like the stasis where you freeze an, an object and then you hit it and then mm. all the momentum goes at the like whenever it resets or whatever in this one there was a, a ball rolling down a hill and link did his like whatever they end up going to call the power and then the ball started going like backwards in time to where it was before and it hit the enemies on the way back up and then there's like uh, they showed a, se- a sequence where a uh, a water do- droplet is forming out of a puddle like going in reverse like as right. it had, had dropped and then they showed link going through solid rock back to the top or some sort of tra- travel mechanic or something there. But all in all, they didn't show too much in terms of gameplay or story, but that didn't stop our Zelda from going crazy with theories. And the one I like the best, and I really hope this is true. If it's not true, I want Nintendo to like have seen the theory and then make it true. Uh, the theory is that you are not playing as Link. You are playing as young Ganondorf before he was corrupted by chaos and made, uh, or, uh, not even chaos. I forget what the chaos from the square Enix press conference. Calamity. (laughs) Calamity. Yeah. Uh, before he's, uh, he's infected by calamity and made into like this, like he was a young hero of time before, and then he got corrupted and then he became Ganondorf or whatever. But you're, this is actually a prequel to breath of the wild way way before and it is going to show the story of young ganondorf becoming infected by calamity and that's who you're playing as and that's why they're like that's why he has the long hair and then somebody else is like wasn't he in a ponytail maybe he just let the ponytail down (laughs) and it kind of just stopped the momentum of the the theory but i'm totally down for it like let let us play as ganondorf let's do it 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 would be cool i hate playing as the villain like I'm good natured at heart. I hate I hate empathizing with the villain in any capacity. <laughs> but no, that'd be that'd be a very cool concept. And I, I love when people can get like super creative and like and like come up with those theories and stuff like that. Uh it, it kind of fits the whole like time mechanic kind of theme that they were going for and ha- tell the story back in time as opposed to continuing. Yeah, that, that was another thing people were talking about. Like, they're not going to give us the name because it's called Breath of the Ganon. I'm like, that would no, be terrible. That would be all of the wild. <laughs> but another thing that kind of lends credence to the time manipulation thing is that somebody found this out like within minutes of the the direct, which I thought was crazy. But if you play the the, the music from the Breath of the Wild True trailer backwards, it's the theme from Breath of the Wild, which is insane how, probably, how somebody they, picked they, up on that right away you can like, tell well, the they, music was kind of off yeah the it music was funky weird. but like to, i wouldn't think right away of just playing it in reverse like yeah that's i definitely would not have thought of that you couldn't give me like five years with like in a, a room alone just with this trailer playing and I, I still would not have played it backwards i think after five years we would have tried everything <laughs> like <laughs> I think I, I hope after five years, like we we know enough about like funky <laughs> shit that we, maybe playing it backwards. That, that's like a trope. That's a common trope. Like we could probably <laughs> figure it out. It wouldn't have been my first thought. Like 
Because there were moments where, like, the music, like, flowed kind of fine, and then there were other parts where it was just, like, janky. Like, you could tell, like, it was funky, so. Yeah. And then uh, the the first thing that they showed, which we kind of skipped over, was that the uh, the guy from Tekken is coming to Smash. Super Smash. It's, it's Tekken's um, Kazuya Mishima. I don't care anything about the announcement, but I did like the trailer because they were just showing him throwing Dropping people, people off yeah. the volcano. And then at the end, he's just grabbing he Kirby, Kirby by the head and just like drops, drops him. And then he just, and he like, like looks over. Cause like you don't, he like, he doesn't hear him like kerplunk Pop. at the bottom. Yeah. So he's just like, huh? And you just see Kirby little yeah. flying in the background because he's OP as shit. Definitely. Fuck yeah. people who play as Kirby. If you play as Kirby, I dislike you so much as a Super Smash player. But yeah, so that was the Nintendo Direct. What what did we think of it overall? I thought it was okay. Eh, maybe better than okay. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I liked it. It depends on kind of like what you were wanting to see out of it. Like it was cool seeing more of like the Super Mario Golf stuff. I like the Mario Party stuff, even though it's gonna be its own standalone game as far as dlc i was happy from fantasy perspective that breath of the wild is not coming out this year seeing metroid dread was pretty dope like it had it had highs and lows but it was very roller coastery i guess yeah i tweeted out after the conference but it's like classic nintendo fashion in 40 minutes i was brought to extreme heights and then just the the lowest of lows like can't wait for next year for nintendo to do the same i'm surprised we didn't have any uh like nintendo switch pro and information right yeah that's surprising like so beforehand before the press conference they they did when they announced the that they're having it this day or whatever they did say exclusively focusing on software so right we kind of were like expecting it but then again nintendo has lied to us remember the direct at the beginning of the year where they're like only games coming out this year and then they're like splatoon 3 coming out 2022 (laughs) right there's so many rumors are saying that it's happening this holiday. The Switch Pro is coming out. So many different sources are reporting it. Uh, Samsung, I think, already announced that they're making the OLEDs for it and stuff. So it's like where there's smoke, there's fire. It's just Nintendo doesn't want to let us know there's a fire. Nintendo is always secretive. <laughs> Nintendo is holding its fire close to its chest. Well, well <laughs> a very hot fire. <laughs> like, but like what? So if um, with Breath of the Wild aiming for 2022 what would be the the launch game so if if i was doug bowser i would definitely have breath of the wild 2 as a launch title so the fact that breath of the wild 2 is 2022 right you would think think that the the switch Switch got pushed to 2022 as well especially with the chip shortage and everything going around and uh the rumor is that nintendo was hit pretty hard with covid and not being able to compensate enough as other developers have with working from home. So maybe it, they were aiming for holiday this year, but since they had to push Breath of the Wild 2, they pushed the Switch Pro as well. Yeah, because I feel like if, if you came out with the Switch Pro this year, I mean, obviously people would buy it, so I guess it's kind of a moot point, but like you would have so much more demand with Breath of the Wild 2 as a launch title with it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to sell regardless. Yeah, it's going to sell, so it is more or less like kind of irrelevant, but I feel like you'd have like a lot of hype with it. At least this year that they've announced so far, there's nothing that's like, you need this because you want it to look the best on the Switch Pro or whatever. Uh, Metroid Dread, 2D game. You know, WarioWare looks fine. Super Mario Party looks fine. Like, you don't need top-of-the-line graphics or like 
60 right. FPS for those games, but like Breath of the Wild 2, you want it to be like a visual showcase because that's right. such a like a, a flagship title for you. Um, another thing that kind of made me think that we're going to get, we were going to get the switch pro in this conference. We didn't talk about it here cause it wasn't in this article that I'm reading, but they did announce that the guardians of the galaxy game is coming to switch. And based on that, we're all like, can that run on the switch as it is right now? I, I'm not sure. So are we getting the switch pro? Uh, but later on, obviously they didn't announce this in the trailer, but later on on the Nintendo's website, it is the cloud version of the game that is coming to Switch. So you're not going to be running it locally. You're going to need an internet connection and uh, streaming it to your Switch. Which probably will not be the best way to play that game. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, overall, I would give Nintendo probably a C, C plus maybe. What about you guys? Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I I always feel like I give high grade higher grades for this if I would go like a B minus. Rick, what about you? No, I'd say it's solid solid B. They are making the effort. I'm just kind of sad that they didn't do more for um, do Zelda a little bit better for the Mario 35. They had the All Stars where it had you know, the 64 game, the GameCube game, the Wii game. Like I was hoping for more something like that rather than just so, Skyward Sword. You think we could get yeah. more though? Could they do another direct? So, so industry giant or whatever they call him in that article, Jeff Grubb was saying on his podcast that Nintendo basically has finished the collection of Wind Waker and uh, Twilight Princess. They have that finished, ready to go. They're just waiting because they're not sure if Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be 2022. And if it gets pushed to 2023, oh, they, they want to release that yeah. in 2022 to like hold people over. So they don't want to announce it yet. Right. Even though they have so completely done the So there's yeah. potential, but yeah. It's dependent on other things. Obviously, Skyward Sword I'm not interested in, but if you give me Twilight Princess and Wind Waker in a collection for sixty dollars, yeah, I'm spending that. $60. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. So yeah. There's there's also a couple of other things we were like I was expecting to see that we didn't. Bayonetta three was not here. So I'm not sure yeah. what's going on with that game. I feel like we've heard nothing about that. I feel yeah. like we just have not heard anything. And um, I'm surprised the the team that did Super Mario Odyssey don't have anything to show right now. Yeah, like, uh, I'm assuming they're working on Mario Odyssey too. Maybe that's a, something you're saving for the Switch Pro reveal as well. I was right. hoping for an ARMS too. I think that would have been fun. I mean, I have two ARMS. Yeah, I think everybody has two ARMS, but the sequel to the game might have Not been Not okay. everybody has two ARMS. Can confirm. Some people have three. Some people Oct have one. Some Oct people don't have any. I have eight. They're tentacles. Rick spider, spider rich. Oh, it's eight, six. Oh, fuck. Spiders have six. Spiders have six. God damn it. Don't do tarantulas have eight? No, they, they have all have this. Scorpions have six. Scorpions have eight. They're arachnids. Scorpions have spiders eight. Spiders have eight. They're arachnids. Spiders have eight? I thought scorpions had six. I know spiders have eight because eight legged freaks. Yeah, but scorpions also have eight because they're arachnids. Scorpion legs is what I googled. I didn't. They have eight uh, legs confirmed. I'm not a. What's the word? Nope. Technically, it... six legs and two claws. Yeah. Ha! That doesn't count as legs. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Rick. Uh, I'm not a. So that was Nintendo. Record. So that was Nintendo. 
Uh, and then I do briefly want to talk about the Xbox Showcase Extended, which is almost two hours long, and they kind of go a little bit more deep into developer interviews and a little bit of gameplay and more de- more details on games. So uh, they they we talked to Ninja Theory briefly, and then they showed a showcase of what they've been working on for Hellblade 2, Senua Saga Hellblade 2. Uh, basically, they said this is not a gameplay reveal. This is not a trailer. This is basically a collection of what we've been working on. And that included some uh, finished, look like cutscenes. It looked like some animation work. It looked like some uh, renders of Iceland where the game is taking place. But they said they are working on a, a chunk of the game before they go into full production. So this game is not even in full production yet. So it's probably further away than we, we anticipated. Would, which, would 23 even be too soon? 2023 at the earliest, I would say, but it wouldn't oh. surprise me if it's 2024 as well. That kind of hurts, man. <laughs> but they did give us some interesting details. Uh, Melina Jurgens, who's the their video director, who's also the, uh, the motion capture and performance for Senua, uh, she went and did a bunch of classes for combat training. And then they also had their animators do the same because they're like, we, we want you to understand the animation uh, of these combat sequences. So you're going to do it in real life. Plus we need somebody for Mal- uh, Melina to fight. So you're going to be the, the the performance capture for the combat or whatever. I hope so. they get paid more for that. They just got paid. Well, I mean, I hope. Yeah, they're about to get paid to get their ass kicked by Melinda Jurgens. <laughs> I think they. I think they did get paid more. It's a small Good. studio, and they got a shit ton of funding from Microsoft. But basically, I, they've spent the last two years learning how. To- so that's why this game is taking yeah. so long. I mean, I like, like that. Ninja though. Theory like, like, are perfectionists. So yeah, I like that as a concept because, like, understanding kind of like the root of like what you're animating surely that gives you an advantage when they actually go to do that animation okay well this is how it feels so this is how it should look and yeah. does this movement look natural or is it natural so you know good on them i love ninja theory so much i love them <laughs> they said they are working with epic games to help them build the the most lifelike digital characters I, i'm assuming they're talking about like working with the unreal engine 5 and getting uh, all that yeah. um motion capture and everything work cuz they're like the super artsy like indie studio or whatever, where you're like, just give them time right. and let them do what they want. They're going to get them. to an awesome finished product, but it's going to take a while. Yeah. So, trust them though. But. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to see more of that, maybe gameplay or something, but yeah, that game is probably still pretty far away. They did talk a little bit to three, four, three about, Halo, they kind of went, you know, step by step for uh through the trailer, the multiplayer reveal trailer and talked about it and um they went in a little bit more detail about the academy which is uh it's kind of be like a, a story wrapper around a tutorial for new players. So if you've never played Halo and you're kind of coming into it fresh, you can go into the academy. It's going to give you a little bit of context on like the the lore and the wording that people use around maps. It's going to give you an opportunity to test out all the weapons, trying to get better at headshots, uh, movement, all of that, and let you play against bots before you can go. Like you can jump straight into multiplayer if you want, but this is just to give you a little bit more context. Uh, Zach, somebody who's never really been into Halo, does that interest you? Yes, absolutely. Because, like for me personally, with like most shooters that 
I've played, like especially growing up too, I always like would go through the the campaign. One for one thing because I like the story, but I, I would go through the campaign to kind of like use that as like the learning grounds of like the gunplay and things like that before I would hop straight into multiplayer. Um, so having this to kind of like ease your way into it, I think for for people like me who want to like go in and be impactful in a good way, not just jump straight in and get destroyed by people who have like years of experience. This would be super helpful. Yeah. Um, they, they did also talk about how like launch is just going to be like the starting line for them. Cause they're going to keep working on this game. They're going to keep supporting it. They're going to keep adding maps, uh, new equipment, new guns, all of that stuff. Uh, consistently to make like support this game to be like a a game that has legs and can be popular for a really long time kind of like the fortnite fortnite model um and then they did announce that uh xbox design lab is back for the next gen controllers so now you'll be able to make your next gen controllers you know the the new controller with the share button and everything Mm -hmm. with your custom designs uh, inscriptions, all of that stuff. They've added a couple of new colors to bring that total to like 18 and you can mix and match them. You can change the buttons and all of that stuff. So, uh, that's officially coming back. I did, I did see a bunch of people on Twitter posting like the new controllers that they made and designs and stuff. Somebody remade the, uh, the 360 controller and ordered that and stuff. So, uh, I, I definitely like that Microsoft supports this and like allows you to do this. Because, I mean, I personally am not super into making a controller and, like, you know, customizing it or whatever. Because I'd probably fuck up the the color scheme. And then when I get it in person, I'll be like, what the fuck was I thinking? But I'm sure there's some people who are, like, way more artistic and can do it way better than I can. I love the design stuff. Yeah. Um, And then Plague Tale Innocence is getting a next-gen version. So for those of you who haven't played it which I'm pretty sure is everyone besides me on this podcast. Uh, yeah, it is on July 6th. It will get a next-gen upgrade, which will bring it to 4K, 60 FPS, upgraded visuals, better loading, all of that. So definitely a good time to jump in and play the game. It is still on Game Pass, and it'll prepare you for the sequel, Plague Tale Requiem, coming so out what's in 2020. So what's a Plague Tale about? Basically, it takes place during the Spanish Inquisition, and the Rat Plague is happening. And you are in France and you, your family gets killed and you have to get your brother to safety. And that's kind of the, the story. So without giving away too much, that's the story of it. The gameplay is very much like Last of Us. Like they did take a lot of the, the crafting, the third person action game nature of it. it, it it's not really a shooter. Um, there's like more melee combat and stuff because obviously it's, you know, during the Spanish right. Inquisition, they didn't have guns. <laughs> But it is it is a very good story from uh, Sobo, and they did a very good job. It kind of came out of nowhere. I had never like seen the marketing or for anything before launch. I just kind of dove in when it was on Game Pass and was very pleasantly surprised. And I'm really glad that they worked out a deal with Microsoft to bring the sequel as a console exclusive and give probably a little bit more budget and make it a really polished piece. Definitely worth playing. Yeah, I've always seen it when I've like gone through the Game Pass. Like catalog i I just never i don't know i just never played it so i was just like oh this is cool there's a sequel to it and they the trailer they showed at e3 i was like this is interesting like i need to know more about this yeah the story was very well done and uh rick easy achievements actually yeah i think that's when i played i played it during one of our achievement wars but it was definitely worth it it was probably the best game i played during that 
and then we got a little bit more details at Grounded. I'm not really going to go into in depth on that. Uh, and then they showed a little bit more about Shredders. And Shredders is actually going to be more simmy than Arcady. They, they said they worked on like their animation style to make everything flow and seem more fluid. And you can use both sticks while you're in the air to make like pretty much any trick you can imagine you can do. So kind of interesting there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, like I said, the Capcom, Gearbox, and all those didn't have really anything interesting so we're just going to kind of stuff that was already announced was there but talking about e3 in general who do you think won e3 i think this mm. is going to be unanimous microsoft, microsoft. yeah microsoft i'm going to say nintendo no, i'm kidding it's microsoft of course it's microsoft mm-hmm. they had a, a great press conference they showed great things their flow was great and then they did not you know, completely dashed my hopes with the 2022 release date on Breath of the Wild. So definitely Microsoft won. What are our thoughts on Sony? Do you think E3 suffered for not having Sony there? Do you think Sony's going to do their own thing? I don't have a PS5, so I don't really care. That is true. But they are bringing their games to PS4 now that we know, and people are up in arms about it. So (laughs) you'll still get to play God of War. (laughs) I think Sony are going to do their own thing. And I think E3 did suffer for not having Sony there. I mean, you can kind of tell, like, we were, like, Xbox and Bethesda, like, Microsoft, they had, they carried that day, and there was really nothing else that was really worthwhile. Um, like, Square Enix had, like, the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy news, but that was, like, basically it. But even then, so, they, like, they spent too much time on that Guardians game. Right, exactly. And it was just, like, th- there wasn't a lot that we, like, in previous E3s, there's been, there have been quite a few times where we sat there we were like oh my like oh my god jaw-dropping moments that were great and i think so not having sony there maybe we didn't realize how many of those moments could have been attributed to sony um granted they're all coming off of a pandemic and it's not with people there and that kind of makes it suffer a bit too but i think so sony not being there was big i think sony not being there kind of did make e3 suffer but for another reason i think We've we've already heard rumors and previously that Sony's approached multiple publishers for marketing deals or exclusivity and stuff. That probably includes like we're gonna reveal this game on our stage. You're gonna have all their marketing around us. So maybe Square has something that they need to show. For example, for Forsaken or Final Fantasy 16 that right. they can't show sure. because it's in con like contractually they have to show it with like from Sony. So if Sony's not at E3, they can't talk about those games. Um, Maybe they have those same deals with Capcom or 2K or Warner Brothers. And because Sony's not there, they can't talk about those games. So Capcom ends up talking about Monster Hunter. and Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, Resident Evil Reverse. Oh, yeah. And hey, by the way, Resident Evil Village. uh, We're working on DLC for that. We're not going to tell you what it is. We're not going to tell you any other details. Just... Something you probably already assumed is true. <laughs> I think also, and this might just be giving too much credit to like maybe what E3 was about or anything like that. I think not having Sony there too. I feel like in previous years there's like a level of like competitiveness about like winning the day or winning the conference. And without Sony there, it's like, okay, that's a huge player not there. Maybe we don't need to like be as boisterous about what we're doing because we don't need to. Well, I think that was 
a contest between the big three is who we talked about. Like, who of the big three won E3? Right, and exactly. Microsoft still brought it, whether Sony's there or not. Like they, they had a great conference, one of their best in recent years, and I don't, I don't think that would have changed if Sony was there. I don't think there's like something that they held back. And they're like, oh, if Sony was here, we probably would have showed this just at one off. Well, I think I think it's more or less like obviously like these just the publishers themselves are not going to compete, but like 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 Ubisoft or something. I feel like they could have like punched above their weight more if Sony was there. Or something along those lines. Like so even like the smaller ones that like would typically like try to like take some limelight from the big three aren't necessarily going to be doing that without one of the big three there. So or it could have been something with like ESA where they're like, Hey, if you want to be a part of E3 in person next year, you have to do a press conference here. And that's why Capcom's like, right. fuck, we have nothing to show, but we still have but to, we do, have a to conference. do a conference. Yeah. I hope that's not the case because that's kind of harsh, especially coming off a pandemic. Some places, some people might literally have like nothing to show yeah. through no fault of their own. I think what, a, what, a, what would have been better is if the ESA kind of, mediated all of this and be like okay capcom if that's all you have to show you you're not going to do a, a conference by yourself that's that's not going to happen right what we're going to do is we're going to take the best things from each of your conferences and we're going to do our own e3 conference and right. then yeah microsoft can do its own thing still if you want to be on the microsoft stage go talk to microsoft but we ourselves are kind of going to do like a jeff Keeley type you know e3 mm-hmm mega thing from all of these people so the best stuff is going to show so because if a lot of the the news that was kind of dispersed over a week if it was condensed down into like an hour that would have been an okay conference i'm not saying it would have been amazing but it would have been a much better way to do what they did yeah i agree let's talk about what our game of shows would be so i want everyone to give your runner-up and your game of show all right is everyone ready i'm ready should i just go yeah, you go for it. I'm thinking. My runner-up is actually going to be Somerville. I was really impressed with what I saw, and then the more I dug into it, this is actually one of the co-creators of Playdead, so the people who did Limbo and Inside. Uh, the They actually had a falling out. He went on to do his own studio. This is his first game from his studio, but that DNA very much is still there from Inside and Limbo, and it seems like he's kind of evolved that type of game so it is still 2d um 2.5d telling a story through just the action not the dialogue but it seems to be a lot more like you know special effects it looks so much better it it seems like it's going to be more uh involved in terms of puzzles and mechanics and stuff and the short trailer we did get showed a really interesting premise of this normal family trying to survive an alien invasion and I don't think all of them, let alone any of them, are going to survive this. So it's definitely going to be a very dramatic story, and I'm totally for that. And I, I, I love that it's coming to Game Pass, and it seems a very high-budget indie, like a triple-I type game, and I'm very excited for it. No, yeah, I agree. I thought it looked, it looked very cool, and it does have those like inside-y vibes yeah. and stuff, which is great. So And I, it I came out of the blue, too, like surprising. Yeah, like... Yeah, totally unknown, so... I'm really hoping nothing happens to the dog. Yeah, that dog is 100% dying. Like, probably in the opening oh, hour. I know, <laughs> and it's just... That's what makes me, like, not... Nah, like, I'm just... Nah, I don't Prediction want Prediction right die. now, I think the dog's gonna sacrifice itself 
to give you the 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 moment for your family to escape. But I don't think your family's still going to make it at the end of this game. Oh, that would be even worse. The sacrifice would be in total vain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Like makes for played com- limbo. That, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It makes for compelling story, but that that's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt me. Like, but, I don't want to be hurt. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was my runner up, and then my game of show is Halo because everything that they showed, everything they talked about was great. The the little snippet of campaign we got gives a little bit of glimmer of hope of like where where Cortana is, what Chief's mission is, and then obviously the multiplayer. Just the you know the gameplay, the music, the the capture the flag, the the new equipment that they showed, everything was just amazing. And then when they went into the the multiplayer uh, deep dive, and they're talking about like everyone's going to get a personal AI if you want, a bunch of different customization options. The samurai armor is going to be free t- for you to earn in the first season. You know, all of that stuff just sounds great. Like you can customize not only your armor, but your the person inside the armor too. So. If you want prosthetic limbs, that's a possibility. Only customization is going to be monetized, so everybody else is going to be starting in level playing fields. Um, you know, the new guns that they've shown all look great. And then the other thing that they talked about is because there's so much customization in terms of armor and person, uh, the red versus blue mechanic is gone. So you're not going to be defaulted to red or blue depending on what team you are. Uh, your teammates are going to have a blue outline around their bodies and then enemies are going to have a red outline. So it's still going to give you the visual clues of this is an enemy or this is a friend, but you're not going to be limited in terms of how you look. So if you want to be like black and silver, you can in, in terms of your armor color. Just looks great. And I can't wait. I've already signed up for flighting. Have you guys already done that? Yes. Yeah. For so- console only. I did it for console and PC. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, go to Halo Insider and you can put in your details, your gamer tag, and then sign up and then they'll contact you to be a part of the flighting later this summer. So I highly recommend you do that if you are a Halo fan. Rick, do you want to go next? Sure, why not? Ooh. Honestly, my, my game of show would have to be Outer Worlds, even though you didn't get much about it. So I'm going to say runner-up be Starfield. I'm excited to see where they go with it, but... I want to say I'm a bigger fan of Obsidian than I am Bethesda. I just think Obsidian has a little more heart. Um, Bethesda has more money. Now they both have funding from Microsoft. So. Yeah, now 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 they both yeah. So now Obsidian kind of has more room to play, which is why I'm more excited about uh, Outer Worlds two. I think it's going to take a cue from like Mass Effect two, where the first game is kind of short, only a handful of planets, but the second one is just so so much more. Yeah, the one thing that did really piqued my interest for Starfield was they they said that they're using a a new engine basically cuz all of the uh, Bethesda Game Studio games have been using the same engine from like Fallout 3 or they've just been like updating it here and there but this is like the a, a brand new engine and you could kind of tell from the in-game footage like the people looked more realistic the the materials looked more realistic and it seems like it's going to be more polished in terms of a Bethesda studio games, which is a good thing because we, we all know the state Bethesda game studio games yeah. launch in. At, and I, I know from someone who's been playing a lot of fallout 76. So is that person you, <laughs> I, I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> Chance, what was your uh, runner up in your game of show? 
Uh, my runner-up, I would say Sea of Thieves, a uh, new uh, little campaign with Captain Jack Sparrow. I thought that was a really interesting... It's coming out relatively soon, too, Like, right? very soon, like, in a couple of weeks. June, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean would work perfectly with Sea of Thieves, and here's, like, the perfect marriage. And uh, it's actually, like, some story to it, and I'm sure they're going to, like, you know, change aspects of the games. You know, there's going to be new islands there's going to be you know um new creatures um you know more places to explore and i think all of us should get back into playing it at some point whether it's on play xbox or uh pc or whatever yeah i'm definitely i'm i'm gonna be jumping back into it just to try that parts of the caribbean thing let me know when you get on my number one game uh would probably be stalker 2 Oh yeah, nice. I'm not familiar with um the other Stalker game, but I might like look into it because Stalker Two looks really nice. Uh, I mean, it's very Russian, um, which is the other. Like, there's a lot of Russian games out there. I mean, Metroid Exodus. Um, I mean, then you have Stalker Two. Metro. <laughs> Metroid Exodus. Yeah, no Metro. Metro. Exodus. Didn't I say Metro? I thought I'm pretty sure you I said, said Metro. Metroid. <laughs> oh, I, I I meant Metro, like yeah. not Metroid. Um, and then we have uh, Axiom. What is it called? The other one. Atomic Heart or Atomic Heart, yeah. Atomic Heart, which is another kind of Russian game, but I don't know. Stalker Two looks interesting. It looked and looks amazing, um, and uh, yeah, that also piqued my interest. And it was one of the more um, higher, uh, I don't know, up there with Halo as one of their most presented games that looked to look to look forward to. Uh, yeah, they showed a good out, chunk so. of it, and the presentation was pretty pretty unique with like them sitting at the campfire, flashing back to like gameplay sequences and stuff. Yeah, so. so I'm excited for that. I want to check that game out. And it's coming to Game Pass, so why not? Zach, what about you? My runner-up would be Forza Horizon 5. Just, I mean, I love the racing games, obviously. I loved Forza Horizon 4. The new setting in Mexico, uh, what they showed was absolutely gorgeous. The game is stunning. The fact that they're adding in, like, mural art from, like, artists in real life to be shown in the game is a very nice touch giving kudos to the to the artists that like make mexico as beautiful as it is and then of course like the gameplay the forza horizon gameplay has always been very smooth um it looks very clean and very polished new cars look incredible and then this new like the mini game modes where you can create your own game modes and stuff like that um the bowling is a nice touch the bowling one there's uh the Viva La Pinata or whatever it is like it's where you just like drive through like you just drive through pinatas the whole time and it's it was fun uh but for me my game of show it was an, an indie game that they showed was called Replaced uh so I don't know if you guys remember this one it was yes, the yes. 80s inspired like platformer um yeah. looked really cool it looked very interesting that kind of like cyberpunk it was almost like a cyberpunky like John Wick kind of style of gameplay on the platform and I like dug a little deeper to kind of like learn more about it the premise is super dope so you and you're an artificial intelligence that's been stuffed inside of a human body against your will and like that's the character you're playing um and basically like in its fictional story like nuclear tests went wrong in the 40s and now the country has been like reduced to rubble so that's why it's in its like dystopian state so the premise is like super interesting Everything about it, I love the art style, like the, what the gameplay looks like. So I loved it. That was one of my favorite things that I saw from E3 this year. Yeah. And I think it is very telling that each of us picked both of our runners up and our game of shows from games that were shown at the Microsoft 
press conference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if it had gone to top three, I think Metroid Dread would have been my third, but mm-hmm. the other games just, yeah. yeah. My, Microsoft really brought it this year, so. But yeah, that's that's that was our uh, part two for E3. Um, at some point in the future, we'll probably do our hidden gems like we did uh, last year. So just keep an eye out for that. Yep, just get ready for episode 100. Yeah, let's go. Episode 100 soon. We don't know what we're doing for that, but keep tuned to our Twitter. I'm sure we'll announce it. And There's going to be giveaways, I can tell you that. All right, so thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with questions, comments, concerns, or talk about how how awesome Microsoft's press conference was at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media. On Twitter, we are at T-U-G-P-O-D. On Instagram, we are at T-U-G underscore P-O-D. On Reddit, we are at r slash tugpod. And on Facebook, we are the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Also, check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash tugpod. And we also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other podcast. And I also want to make it clear that Chance is building a chair throughout most of this podcast. <laughs> no, he's done. He completed the chair. He's and now he's sitting on the chair. He's he sitting, sitting in, in like, the chair. It was a whole So from start thing. to finish, we saw him build the chair in its entirety and play music out of it. And also, yeah, test the audio. All right, ready to stop recording?